0: Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show, on Broad, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome into Babes on Broad, episode 24. I am Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You can find Babes on Broad on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then personally, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at SamWills18, and then you can find Jess at Jessica underscore Town with an E on, yeah. on Instagram, and on Twitter at Rum this Town with an E13. So now that we got that out of the way, the Eagles have something. I yes. don't know what to call it because it's not an offensive coordinator, but it's something.
1: Offensive coordinator by committee?
0: I guess, yeah. That's the best how I can do. Coaches, to kind of name- how many coaches in all is it, if we count it real quick?
1: They hired Rich Gangarello as a senior offensive assistant. Press Taylor is now adding passing game coordinator to his quarterback coach's title. Matt Burke is the run game coordinator, as well as the defensive line coach. Aaron Moorhead is the wide receiver coach. Andrew Breiner is a pass game analyst. TJ Paganetti is the assistant run game coordinator, and he's already been the assistant running backs coach. And then Dino Vasso is the, um, oh, well, he's defense assistant. So what was that? One, two, three, four, five, six, and Doug. And that's including a wide receiver coach. And then there's Deuce.
0: And then there's Deuce, who's the assistant head coach. So basically,
1: there's like seven or eight of them that will be involved in that.
0: Yeah, which I mean, whatever they think is going to work. I guess it makes sense if basically Doug's your OC. It's very confusing to me. And I don't know if I like it yet. I honestly don't think I'll know if I like it until we get to the season and see if it works. Like my first question right away with like, all these different titles for everybody is every week they talk to the coach, like during the week before, like after the game and then leading up to the game, they talk to the head coach, they talk to the offensive right. coordinator and they talk to the defensive coordinator. I've asked everybody and nobody can give me an answer of who's going to be the one that would talk to the media. If we don't even know who's going to be the one to talk to the media, I just don't would like I, it. It's confusing. If I had to guess, if it's not going to be Doug,
1: just across the board and they like won't and they will literally just talk to jim schwartz on the other day if they just target all of those questions at doug because half of them especially when it was mike Rowe, half of his answers were oh i'm gonna have to defer to doug on that one if it's not just gonna be doug i would assume that it would be either deuce or rich gangarello because he's the senior offensive assistant like he's like Out of all these people, he's the like highest ranking title, I guess, other than Deuce. If it's not Doug, my assumption would be one of the two of them. That's an interesting question, but I feel like there there are also some other interesting questions in What do you got? Ultimately I'm just torn between across the board all is having outside current and outside voices combined. Do I love that? Yes. Is it gonna be too many cooks in the kitchen? Maybe.
0: I don't know how I feel about it. Like I said, I think it's just confusing. Obviously, well, no, I was gonna say obviously I'm not supposed to know this stuff, but I am supposed to know this stuff, and so if it confuses me, like I just feel like there's too much risk. You know, I, you know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Like, why not? Just yeah, make it I, simple? Why not? I think
1: they're trying to get some. So there, there are a couple of things that go. So think about it. So they hired Aaron Moorhead as the wide receiver coach. He's the fifth wide receiver coach. This is Doug's yeah. fifth year for this fifth wide receiver coach. None of them have worked out. So maybe part of it is, you know, you have a couple different guys involved in a couple different things. So maybe you don't have that turnover again because you've got so many brains working and you've got so many different people to bounce ideas off of that it, it won't cause a turnover problem and there won't be i don't know i think they're just trying to get some different ideas in there so like for example so scangarello he spent one year with the broncos he was their offensive coordinator this year and they fired him after a year now looking through and and talking to some like denver fans and looking through some different beat articles and things of you know people who just watch the team and really analyze things the 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 Biggest point seems to be that he sucked as a play caller, but his play designs were really
0: great. Uh and obviously So like in-game situations. Like he's good at creating it, but in-game situations he's not.
1: Right. But in-game situations is he's not really yeah, he doesn't really matter. So if he can get if he's in it gives some interesting play designs that are incorporated into the game plan i mean it's up to doug to use them in the right time or not but that's a different creative voice because think about it: a lot of the things we talked about this year was lack of creativity so that's something interesting and then that's, that is interesting and then andrew briner lock haven guy lock haven
0: look look oh wait i'm even wearing well i guess look I'm at you. saying look but these people are gonna be listening but i'm wearing my we... lock haven alum sweatshirt
1: if he's half as smart as Sam Wilson, we're, we're going the right direction. Yes, exactly. um, so right now he's with Mississippi state as their passing uh, game coordinator and the quarterback coach, but he was at Fordham before that. And I thought this was really interesting. So as the head coach at Fordham, he was there for one year. He went eight and three in his first season, which is the most wins by a first year head coach in Fordham's modern era. Then he was the, he was their offensive coordinator for three years before that his offense set the single season school record in rush yards, points and rushing touchdowns. And in 2013, their quarterback was named Patriot League Player of the Year, set the single season record for the school in completions, passing yards and passing touchdowns.
0: That's a good record, like track record. But what yeah. is Fordham 1A?
1: They're Patriot League. So they're that's like
0: That's like Lehigh Valley. Yeah. Or, it's, um, it's Lehigh It's, yeah,
1: Lehigh- it's, yeah, Lehigh- it's, Lehigh- it's Lehigh- like Lehi- Lehigh it's Lehigh, Lafayette bucknell so i think it's like a one a. it's yeah it's it's so that so exactly is it world it beating transfer. no right yeah, it's a good, does it
0: it's a good record or like a stat. It,
1: it's it's definitely something that i resume Good. Record. yeah it's it's a good kind of thing di- something different and you know we sat here and kind of said no matter what they do we want them to go outside the organization they promoted some within but they also went outside for some you know you get a good mix of people who have been here and know what the kind of style is but also new ideas to come in to incorporate it all together
0: yeah it's definitely an interesting way to do it um it wasn't that big bang here we have somebody yeah um, we got our guy but so it's interesting and it's also interesting to see one how it plays out but two if it's something long term like they're going to keep it or if one guy will rise above and is actually the mastermind and they'll Promote him to OC, you know what I mean. So like, there's a lot of options and cool things to like, maybe come from it. Uh,
1: Yeah, it wasn't an earth shattering move. It was pretty anticlimactic. Waiting a month to hear who the offensive coordinator was going to be or not be. But I don't hate it. I won't know if I like it until either it hits the fan or it, you know, just yeah, we put up fifty points for the first four weeks of the season. Who knows. Finally, we can kind of close the door and put the, you know, put that to the side. We don't have to talk about that anymore. And we can finally get into some of our free agency conversations, which I think are, you know, the Eagles have, I think, 20 or so free agents. There's some interesting discussions to have otherwise with some people that aren't free agents, but there's the, the conversation with Malcolm Jenkins. There's, you know the the looming possibility of Jason Kelsey retiring at the end of any year on this contract. He has,
0: I think, another year left. Um, yeah, I think he did deny that though, or not deny it, but he basically came out and like made it sound like okay, that's put to rest. Like he's not doing it this year. Because he was hope. saying he was saying how his body felt so much better after this season than it did last season and stuff like mm-hmm.
1: that. So hopefully that's good. And then you know, there's the the wide receiver situation. What they do there, who knows? But so we're gonna continue on throughout for our next couple episodes and we're going to hit on different um the different position groups and who's free who's a free agent there whether we think they should stay or go and you know if they if the, our option is go you know who we kind of want to replace them so starting quarterbacks
0: yeah we'll start um, light today
1: yeah we're, we're gonna go light today He's and then we'll it. We'll get, we'll get better as we go or get <laughs> more extreme as we go. So quarterbacks and running backs, the topics we're going to cover today. So starting with quarterbacks, obviously, franchise quarterback Carson Wentz locked up. No problem. Mm-hmm. Fine. But both backups are unrestricted free agents. So they brought Nate Sudfeld back. Last year, he was a restricted free agent. They brought him back on a um, one-year deal. And then Josh McCown, they brought in on a one-year deal, deal as well. Both unrestricted free agents.
0: Did you want to preface it a little bit more or are we going right into what we think?
1: I think no matter what, it's going to be a, uh, another vet, another young guy. Do you think they try to keep these two? Do you think they draft one and sign one? Do you, th- what, what do you all think? Right. Do you, first of all, do you think either Josh McCown or Nate F- Sudfeld stays or do you think they go?
0: I think one should stay, just because it's kind of unrealistic to go pick up a quarterback. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's kind of unrealistic to find somebody and draft somebody, especially when they have so many dire needs that they need to mm-hmm. draft, you know, so mm, I absolutely my thing, this is kind of interesting, I kind of tried to like, mix it up. So I feel like most people would be like, Oh, you just get rid of McCown because he's so old and he keeps up there, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, Sudfeld was not a guy like anybody could ever rely on. You brought in Josh McCown at, what, 41 years, 40, 41 years old, and just automatically, even though he was retired and a high school coach, played over Sudfeld already. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that kind of shows how confident not only the Eagles are in him, but also the fan base. You know, everybody's nervous when he comes in. So I think that you let go of Nate Sudfeld. Mm -hmm. Josh McCown has said that he didn't want to become a coach because he wanted to not give up on his career again because he already retired. Even though he was already retired. Yeah, but he doesn't want to re-retire right now. So I would sign McCown to another one-year deal. And then I don't know, since I'm letting go of Nate Sudfeld, if I would draft somebody late, which I don't trust the Eagles really to do because you saw Mm -hmm. that last year. Clayton Thorson. Thorson. Yeah, so you saw that last year. I don't really trust them for that. But it might be interesting to have McCown as your second string and third string bring up your Kyle Laletta, your practice squad guy. He was a backup or a third string for the Giants when he first got yep. drafted. And mm-hmm. he's a downtown native.
1: He is. Yeah. He went to Richmond with my with one of my best friends.
0: Yes, yes, he did go there too. I haven't really seen much of him at a pro level. I wasn't watching the Giants and looking at him super tough, you know what I'm saying? But I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. option to keep McCown and then have him kind of learn under McCown because he's also, mm-hmm. that's another plus of having McCown in other years. He's, he's such a yep. great leader. So that's yep. what I would do. Let go of Sudfeld, bring up Loletta from the practice squad and let him learn as a third-string quarterback behind the second-string quarterback of McCown and obviously on, behind Wentz too.
1: Yeah, so that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, they really like Kyle Loletta. Have mm-hmm. him be your your third string, still learning a little bit. Um, I truthfully don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's no, probably no. a career backup. He learning under somebody like Carson Wentz, and then bringing in somebody, whether it be re-signing Josh McCown, or there are a couple. I mean, Marcus Mariota is a free agent. He's going to want to start somewhere. Will he yeah. start somewhere? I don't know. Colt McCoy is a free agent. Someone like that, who yeah. Is is a veteran could be that veteran voice in the locker room, good locker room guy, um, and and someone that exactly as you said, Kyle Elida could learn from. I think that would probably be the best option. Um, I, I think Wait, definitely so are you having go
0: of McCown too.
1: Not necessarily. I'm definitely letting go of Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, um, but I think if Josh McCown wants to explore, I, I would I would absolutely want to bring Josh McCown back as that veteran backup. Um, but if he wants to explore other options, I think there are other options out there for the Eagles that are similar to that Josh McCown oh, yeah. type level that I would be okay with. But I think bringing him back and then just kind of bringing up Kyle Laletta, keeping it right there, not doing too much work in that area. You have so many other things that need to be fixed, need exactly. to be taken care of. This is not one that needs to be heavily exactly. focused on. Exactly. Um, so in terms of the running backs, so obviously Darren Sproles is retiring. Um, yeah. Jordan Howard is a free agent, and Corey Clement is a restricted free agent. The, there's no one really overly exciting in the free agent market this year for running backs that's very realistic. Um, some of the guys that are out there, LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde, Melvin Gordon, Theo Riddick, Peyton Barber, Frank Gore, Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, Marshawn Lynch, Taewon Jones, Balal Powell, Isaiah Crowell. Robert Turbin, Ty Montgomery, Kenyon Barner, Kenyon Drink, Amir Abdullah, Javorius Allen, Spencer Ware, Rod Smith, CJ Proseis, J.D. McKissick, Devontae Booker, Wendell Smallwood, and Alfred Blue. There are more, but those are the, the, the most kind of well-known names out there, The rest of the, and the most of the rest of the uh, free agents are restricted free agents. So my personal opinion on this one, I think they let Corey go, and they add two guys in with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Personally, I would want to re-sign Jordan Howard um, and maybe sign one of the guys like Isaiah Crowell, Balal Powell, or J.D. McKissick, who you can kind of get for probably cheaper because obviously Miles Sanders is still on his rookie deal and so is Boston Scott. Um, And, you know, I don't think Jordan Howard would cost that much money. In terms of the draft, the best running backs are DeAndre Swift from Georgia, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, oh, J.K. Dobbins they're going to go early to mid second round if they're still there in the fourth round, maybe. But uh, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't draft any running back unless it's late fifth round, you know what I mean? Like, and you're just like, yeah, why not?
1: But yeah. A, a why not of a person you're surprised is still there at that exactly. time.
0: Exactly. I don't even consider running back a drafting position. What I would I do agree. is very, Basically the same exact thing as you. Um, I don't really care who they pick up off the free agency market because in my eyes, they'd be like the fourth.
1: You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They're
0: just there bouncing up and down between practice squad and whenever they need him. Um, So obviously, uh, Miles is your number one. And then I bring back Jordan Howard because I think I don't understand why so many people are acting. I guess it's probably because it was like such a mystery with the stinger kind of thing. I feel like that's why people are like, oh, like we don't need Howard. But I think a lot of people forget how good he was when Sanders was trying to figure out who he was mm-hmm. in the NFL. You know what I mean? Before
1: he got hurt, he was he was yeah. on a tear. So they I fired their the- medical staff again, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, we forgot to mention that.
1: But New med staff. Woo.
0: So I think that the whole injury thing kind of like gave people a bad taste about Howard himself, and like made them forget. So I definitely bring back Howard because I think him. And Miles Sanders have such a good, like, one-two punch. Like, Mm -hmm. they complement each other so well. They're exact opposites. One's the power runner, and one's, like, the zigzaggy, I can't think of the word, cutter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they complement each other so well, and it'd be, like, a dynamic duo. I think you definitely bring him back. I let go of Clement, which makes me sad, kind of. But he's just had so many injury problems. He had a good little glimpse there during the Super Bowl year in the beginning Mm -hmm. and stuff. But... And then obviously, Squirrels is leaving, retiring, so he doesn't count. I would have Sanders number one, bring back Howard as my number two, Boston as my number three, and then whoever's cheap and has a good name, but isn't like burnt out. Yeah. You know isn't
1: I mean? going to be detrimental, but isn't also yeah. going to be you know, like detrimental I to bring that, salary cap. I,
0: I wouldn't pull uh, Seattle or whoever. Yeah, Seattle that brought back Marshawn. I wouldn't pull that, but.
1: Yeah. That would be a desperation move, Uh, but that's the thing. I you know want someone a little bit younger, or you know Frank Gore. He was almost an eagle once, but yeah, someone just a little bit younger who's probably not going to get a lot of touches and isn't going to command a lot of money. You know, it's the running back situation is so hard, but they finally found somebody and drafted the right person in Miles Sanders, and they have somebody in house already that they could probably get something worked out with. In, in Jordan Howard so I think that would be a, you know the, the best way to go don't overthink it don't make your life a lot much harder than it needs to be because there next week we'll probably start to get into a couple of the ones that will the make your life
0: ones. hard the <laughs> and stressful
1: ones. yeah and they'll be extremely important with how they're handled um, but right now we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back we will talk about the Sixers and the Phillies and maybe a little bit about the Flyers, just disappointment all around. But we, you are listening to the babes on broad on BGN radio.
0: We are back the babes on broad. And this is where it kind of gets the frustration out. This is what we call this our vent, our ventilation.
1: (laughs) The ventilation period. Okay. um, We're going to do this in like three minutes and get it all out. And I don't want to talk about it anymore.
0: Yeah, you do it because I'm just done even like talking about it. All right. Sixers, I'll do Phillies.
1: Great. I'm excited. Okay. The Sixers have lost four straight on a four-game road trip. They got obliterated by the Hawks, who have won a total of 12 games and have no business winning 12 games. They looked like absolute garbage against the miami heat on monday which was painful actually i did not get a chance to watch it because i was teaching a dance class but i was listening to it all the way around and getting the notifications and getting text messages and i was just like "Eh, what is happening to the world um it's not good uh they look mopey and sad they're all playing like they don't want to be there. Um, I'm fairly positive Brett Brown has lost the entire team and the locker mm-hmm. room. Um, Joel and Al Horford shot 22 threes last night, which should never happen. I'm just at the point where I have been a huge supporter of Brett Brown, and I've been, um, you know, I thought he, after dealing with the process and you know being the coach through that, and then obviously getting them to back to back 50 win seasons, he absolutely kind of deserved the opportunity to see this thing through. However, I think that this was a roster that uh, was obviously it constructed much differently than a traditional NBA roster um, in this current era of basketball. Um, I still hold firm with everything I said to kind of start the year. Ben is sensational, can be sensational on both ends of the floor. Um, he can defend one through five. He can almost play any position. He's unstoppable when he's aggressive. And his free throw shooting has extremely improved um josh richardson has a phenomenal attitude on the floor he is the secondary ball handler and has thrived in that role he was playing extremely well you know great three-point shooting percentage until he got hurt in toronto he has a seven-foot wingspan and can defend a guard which is something the sixers have not been able to do over the last couple of years um, um tobias harris i thought absolutely deserved the max contract he is grossly underperforming right now. There's no reason he shouldn't score 25 points a night, but I also think he's not necessarily being used accurately. Al Horford, I stand firm, is one of the smartest players in the NBA. Um, People in Boston were extremely disappointed that they lost out on Al Horford. The Sixers were not the only team willing to offer Al Horford $110 million. um, And Joel Embiid is the best center in the NBA. That all being said, I don't think any of those five players are being used well are being put in the right positions to be able to thrive and score there's no reason Al Horford should jack up 15-3 night. There, there's no reason for it that, that shouldn't happen a couple here and there absolutely that's not the way that he should be used you know, things in the national media are getting twisted a little bit. Like, for example, Al Horford's comments the other day, he was specifically asked if someone stepped up in the locker room to, to have some conversations and lead. as, And he said, yeah, there's some there's some things going on in the locker room, but we'll keep that in house. He didn't mean that like, oh, there's locker room trouble, but that's how it was taken. So that's a bunch of BS. Yeah. Secondly, um, the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. I don't think so. You know, like, no. I also think there are, that, are comparisons um, there. I, I see the com- the comparisons. I don't agree with it. The, they've won back-to-back 50-game seasons, and yep. they went seven games with the eventual NBA champions last year, and they lost that game because of a, an, a shot that goes in one times out of a million. Yeah.
0: Not a franchise comparison, like, for years, but for this year and the Browns last year, there's a comparison. Yeah. Oh, Just sure. I definitely were, see points. Yeah.
1: Supposed to be good and all this. Yeah. hmm 100%. My, my other problem with last night and the the broadcast is, you know, them saying all, there are so many people that owe Jimmy Butler an apology, saying he was the problem. I don't know very many people and haven't talked to very many people that did think Jimmy Butler was the problem. Basically, you know, we wanted him to stay. He didn't want to stay here. Well, what that, is there to do?
0: The thing, one of the things is he wasn't good with playing with Ben. Like, they didn't complement each other. So you no. kind of have to choose between them, too. It's not his attitude or anything, right? I don't think any. I I know I personally
1: defended Jimmy Butler all year long because I didn't think he was a problem. I don't think he created a problem. But you know who I think everyone owes an apology to? And I said this on the madness on Wednesday, and I said this actually a couple weeks ago too. T.J. McConnell. None of these issues happened when TJ McConnell was here. And here's why I'm gonna say that. If you were going to let him leave and keep Howell Neto and Trey Burke, and eventually you're gonna cut Trey Burke anyway, you might as well have just kept TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell does not let a locker room fall apart no matter what his role is on the team. He doesn't whine about what his role is on the team. If he doesn't play or if he plays 30 minutes, he's going to give you a spark on the bench. He's going to tell you what you need to hear he's going to also come into the game and give you a spark no matter what. Yeah, I agree with that. He was also someone that I think was a phenomenal leeway to keep, to glue the team together because he was a proponent of Brett Brown, but also an advocate for all of his teammates. I think he made that work in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So unpopular opinion, truthfully, I think TJ McConnell is one of the bigger losses that we've had in the last couple of years.
0: I think that's more popular than you think. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Just because, like, based on, like, callers that call in and stuff, just, I've heard them mention, like, they lost their hype man kind of thing in TJ. Interesting. And it really is, it's true if you think about it.
1: I just, I, I, I think that they're in the middle of a huge issue right now they need to somehow limp to the all-star break next weekend. And I think all of them need to get as far away from each other as possible, with the exception of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think they need to spend all of their time in Chicago together. And I think they need to just sit down and be like, we need to figure this out. Because at the end of the day, they can work out.
0: Like, the the, the narrative that they can't coexist is crap. It's pre-Madonna. That's what it would be. Like, it's 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 so stupid. They were... There were pictures of them together at the Super Bowl having a blast, you know? So, like, right. don't tell me that you can be friends off the court and somehow it doesn't work on the court. No.
1: Right. And and we've seen it work. We've, we've seen it happen. I think they can do it. I just think right now there's so much more tension and things are... Spiraling out of that tension, yeah. and I think that whether Brett Brown goes tomorrow or at the end of the season, I think I just think it's running its course. I think they need a new voice, and I think that they need somebody who doesn't just tell them what they want to hear, but tells them what yeah. they need to hear.
0: A dominant, and I course. think,
1: yeah, I just I, I, whether that be a you know whether Jason Kidd can get that out of him, whether you know if the Ty Lue is someone I have is a name that I've heard kind of thrown out there from- a little bit, Tom Thibodeau because he's a no crap kind
0: of coach that obviously my- didn't work out with soft Carl Anthony towns real quick. Sorry. I just like popped in my head. I don't get the like, cause we, it's obvious we need a dominant person, but I don't get why people would say Ty Lue then. because I mean, yeah, LeBron's obviously the biggest superstar like ever, but mm-hmm. he like, he ran the team. It wasn't Ty Lue's team when they were with the Cavs, you know what I'm saying? So like, I Absolutely. feel like there's a chance that Ty Lu comes in and then he has two superstar personalities and he kind of gets walked over then too, you know? So I th- the,
1: what, what I've heard is basically that LeBron didn't respect David Blatt and didn't respect him as a coach, didn't respect his thoughts. And, you know, I, I don't think LeBron is an outwardly disrespectful kind of individual. So I'm sure he just didn't agree with it. And, and the team followed LeBron. So if LeBron wasn't really buying into it, the rest of the team wasn't going to. And Ty Lue, apparently he respected and really listened to Ty Lue and the rest of the team followed suit. So he was someone that had a lot of respect from LeBron James. And if there's someone that has a lot of, gets a lot of respect from LeBron James, there has to be something to that somewhere. I totally agree with you that LeBron ran that team. Like Ty Lue was not the coach of that team. Mm -hmm. I totally, totally, totally agree. And when LeBron left, and Ty Lue actually was the coach of the team, they gave him like 12 games to be, the yeah. he didn't get a chance to really coach the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a reason that when the, you know, the Lakers were looking for a coach and they were trying to close in on Ty Lu. And I think there's something to be said about that because that, I think that was probably one of LeBron's choices. And, you know, their goal yeah. is to keep LeBron happy. And that was absolutely the move. And I think that kind of speaks volumes about, him as a so I think maybe he could be one to kind of he probably was more of a no bs kind of kind of dude, which I think is what the sixers need right now. I think Brett Brown just allows them to be too relaxed and comfortable sometimes. And I just i, I it, you know it's like talking to a brick wall too, at this point
0: well, if you think about it, Brett had to be everybody's friend to like walk him through the process, build him up, everything. So now he's just too much everybody's friends they don't see him in the stern kind of light right but you know they did make a couple trades at the deadline i swear to god i lost
1: sleep over it because i it like happens in the middle of the night like all these trades happen in the middle of the night and i wake up and i'm like rubbing my eyes and trying to make sure my phone's not deceiving me and i'm not dreaming last (laughs) night i did sleep much better um but um so they traded a couple second round picks for glenn robinson the third and alec burks some great three point shooting, which is exactly what we need. Um, and then they just, they cut Trey Burke and they just waived Jonah Bolden to sign Norvel Pell. We'll see if they can turn it around when they come home and they have a nice little homestand before they go into the All Star break, but it's, uh, it's a little depressing. Yeah, very frustrating. And, um, and it doesn't, the
0: depression doesn't really end with the Sixers. No. Okay, so here is my thing about the Phillies. Go I'm gonna on. Actually, I wrote it down. So I'm going to go to my thing. because I didn't want to miss any points. Okay. I'm excited. So first, a year ago, the Phillies said stupid money
1: and uh-huh. they have got to
0: show that. And that is one of the most frustrating things ever. Yes. Because they only got two good pieces really throughout this whole season. That's Didi and Zach Wheeler. And uh-huh. then you keep hearing people talk about, well, they still have a chance at Chris Bryan and Nolan Arenado, which would be cool. I mean, like, it would, it would obviously help a team. Either of those players helps the team. But they do not make the team a World Series contender because mm-hmm. we have talked about it before, how important a good rotation is for a World Series. We don't have that. And we don't have that. And that is yeah. my biggest thing about it, is because we need pitchers to be the World Series contender, and they poop the bed on that. Mm-hmm. Right? And then so everybody's all excited about spring training, and I am too. But then it just... I think about that and it depresses me. I don't understand it because even if they do, like back to Chris Bryant and Nolan Arenado, even if they do sign them, we talked about this a little over text. It could be a fun team to watch their bats and like be position player wise. Like it'll be fun to watch, could be fun to watch depending if they do get Chris Bryant and stuff. If not, then it's more of a de- developmental. It's just so frustrating because you're not going to do anything with this rotation. You have. No. Aaron Nola is your number one. You got Zach Wheeler as your number two. And then the rest, you just fill in the pieces with what you had last year that was extremely not working. Jake Arietta So
1: for him to play like yeah. crap and then call out the rest of the team on their playing like crap. Um, and then what are you going to do? Give me Zach Eflin and Vince Velasquez again? No, thank you.
0: Exactly. And it just frustrates me. Like I have all these guys on Twitter and they're like, Oh, like it's Girardi's first season. They're just like letting this season play out, so Girardi can really see what the team needs, and that's a good sign because he's like the one that's going to be making decisions. Blah, blah blah. It's no no like secret, no secret that Girardi was the one going to be calling the shots. He's that kind of coach. He's a dominant force. But my thing can is, can he coach the Sixers? Here you have, <laughs> you have it. But um, my thing about that though is. It's no secret that we needed pitching rotation since Mm -hmm. two, three years. More than that now. When was the last time we had a good pitching rotation? 2011? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, like, I just – it frustrates the heck out of me, everybody, like, being so lenient. Like, oh, they need a year. They need – no. Like, if you need a year, you don't come out last year and say stupid money and spend $30 million a year on Bryce Harper and then have nothing around him. And, and yeah, not get, want to go into the luxury tax. Exactly. And now you're getting a couple good pieces around him, which is cool and might bring people in the ballpark, which is clearly all they think about. But pitching is not taking you anywhere. And that's what's so frustrating to me is like, you're basically without saying it, saying that this team's going nowhere. And I just, like you don't see him. You like, you see the season as a dud already before it even starts. And it's so frustrating to me because baseball is probably one of the most frustrating to know you have a bad team going into it mm-hmm. because it's so long. It's literally six yep. months of a game almost every single night and just watching a sucky team.
1: It's, and but part of it is like people that love baseball, y- y- they're not just there to see a, a bunch of hits. Like people who love baseball want to see good pitching. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how exciting it is to sit there through a no hitter? I think the biggest tell of how long it's been since the Phillies had a good rotation is the fact that they're retiring Roy Halliday's number 34 jersey on the 10-year anniversary of his perfect game. Yeah. It's been 10 years. 10 years. I was 14. I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, I was in eighth grade. I was literally finishing my freshman year at high school when Roy Halliday threw his perfect game. I'm 24 years old and have been in the adult world for... Yeah, now, so like last time three years. I had was like 2011. Yeah, I, I mean, it it was, it, it's, it, it just sucks. Like, you know, pitchers and catchers report in what, five days. I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball. I'm excited to, you know, see the improvement and growth of guys like Alec Boehm and Spencer Howard and Mickey Moniak, mm-hmm. who are all going to spring training this year, who are, and, you know, I'm excited to see what Joe Girardi does. I, he, I'm excited that he's the coach of the Phillies or the manager of the Phillies. I'm excited to see what Zach Wheeler brings. I'm excited to see Bryce Harper. And I love watching JT Ramuto throw people out at second base, trying to steal second. JT, that's always my man. fun. But
0: we don't even know if JT is going to be here. There's still an arbitration. I oh my God, I hate
1: everybody. But like, that's, that's where the excitement ends. Like excited that's
0: for summer crazy. nights and going to Citizens Bank Park and hanging out. But like, dude, real quick on JT, that topic gets me heated. Listen. Heated. He asked. He asked for $12.1 million a year and the Phillies offered like 10.6 and wouldn't give him the 12.1. They wouldn't go over 10.6. You say stupid money a year ago, give Bryce Harper an outfielder who, yes, is good and he's one of the best. But then you're not going to pay the best catcher in the league when you're saying stupid money. It's Can just, we start a GoFundMe to pay the two mil? It makes no sense. No, because I would probably keep some. it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're the worst.
0: <laughs> but seriously, like, it, it's
1: it, you have all of this money. Give some to JT Ramuto. He is literally the best catcher
0: seriously. in baseball. He was your only all-star last year. It's like $2 million. And that's my thing. I already said it. Like, you paid one of the best outfielders $30 million a year. And yes. you're not going to pay the best catcher? It makes no sense to me. And it's just stupid. And that's the thing. that what, Back to what you were saying, it's so exciting. There's so many exciting pieces leading up to this. But baseball gets old real quick. And if you see them Mm -hmm. not performing, you're going to be so over it before May even happens. Mm -hmm. And so we have to go to a game before May. Yeah, we'll go to Roy Halladay's retirement. I really want to go.
1: I think the tickets just went on sale and they're actually they're not bad yet because I don't think a lot of people know they're on sale.
0: Maybe we should wait because then they could blow and they'd be cheaper. They're like 15 bucks right now, though. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll go to that <laughs> for like,
1: yeah, for like crap. it's a Friday night. It's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah.
0: Dude, all we have to do is go there and then we'll be like, yo, crook. John will hook us up. That's what we should do. That yeah. he loves us. Yeah.
1: He's a sweetie. Um, but yeah. So, um, okay. The Sixers are sucking. The Phillies are depressing and they haven't even started yet. And the yeah. Flyers got
0: shut out by the Devils last night. Okay. See, but that's a, that's a, that's just a, mm, like a little, mm. Patch because the Flyers are good; they're the best team that we have right now. It and was
1: one nothing after thirteen seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like it was just a bad night. It was a shame, dude. They so they scored five goals on nineteen shot attempts. Guess how many the Sixers had? I've never seen this many shot attempts. Four Sixers, six. I mean, sorry, the Flyers. The Flyers took forty-six shots last night and did not score. Six and did not
1: score. You Know what? I'm done with Philly sports for the day.
0: I know. Well, I'm that, done. But the bright side I'm about done. the buyers is they'll come back up because I mean, there's no way that the uh, Devils should have beaten them at all, and then they beat them five to nothing. So it was just a it was a blooper for them. They'll come back up. Oh, God, oh, yeah. that's okay. That's depressing. Yeah, right? I was that's surprised. super, super, super depressing.
1: Oh, so my, ca- concept, oh my camera. Oh. Uh, on that positive note, that's, that's the end of episode 24. That's a lot of things <laughs> for you to think about before Kobe! episode 25 next week. Episode uh, number
0: 24. I just realized that's our ep- Kobe episode. It's our
1: Kobe episode. It's our Kobe episode. Also, shout out to the Lakers. They're having a, at the Staples Center, they're having an open, um, service and memorial for Kobe Bryant oh, nice. on the 24th. So they're doing 224 in honor of Kobe and Gianna, which I think is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. So, um, yeah. So thank you for listening to our Kobe episode. Um, I'm sorry that it was that we have such terrible things to talk about right now, but that's (laughs) the state that we're in currently. Um, So thank you to Bleeding Green Nation and SB Nation. Don't forget to go follow us on all of our social media. Um, follow Sam and myself as well for all of our updates on Babes On Broad or if you just like to be angry about sports with us it's always a good time um, we will be back next week for episode number 25 but again thank you for listening we are the Babes On Broad on BGN Radio
0: Babes On broad. Babes. G N